0: Welcome back to House of Bravo, your weekly Bravo recap with a cosmic twist. I'm Emma, an astro and human design reader.
1: And I'm Tasha, an intuitive astrologer, also known as the agent of
0: Pluto. Well, Tasha, we just had a full moon in the Libra last night. How are you feeling?
1: You know, my cat was going crazy So that's how I kind of know it's a full moon when, like, Sasha just kind of runs the apartment, basically. Like, I could not get through any calls. I could not get through any readings without, like, persistent meows in the corner. So the full moon was probably really activating my cat. Um, But for me, honestly, it was pretty chill, all things considered. Um, Definitely got into some convos about boundaries and, like, self-respect and like time not being respected type of energy but um it was also very helpful in like releasing things you know what I mean so like as opposed to like ruminating over it like my normal Scorpio rising self I kind of just like what did what did we write like write it and forget it like that was just kind of the energy I was bringing in so I feel pretty good. I feel pretty good. What about what about if yourself?
0: Write it, regret it.
1: <laughs> write it, regret it, or write it, forget it. You know. Oh,
0: that's <laughs> <same thing. laughs> Medley. Um Medley. Yeah, yeah, you know, I was like, while we were saying that, I didn't think I had a very Libra E Aries evening, but you know what I did because I talked to my best friend for like mm-hmm. the first time in. Three months which is wild um but she's been she's had like a really busy start of the year uh and she's actually dealing with some relationship stuff right now so it like wasn't necessarily mm-hmm. pertaining to me although like here i have my other half back in my life my yeah. my balance the person who balances me um but here i am also like kind of guiding her through and um her relationship um mm-hmm. you know where she is right now with that
1: yeah no that that makes a lot of that makes a lot of sense i mean i actually kind of thought that obviously this is like the last um full moon before we you know before libra before that aries libra eclipse cycle so i would say like the next libra aries lunations are definitely going to maybe pack more of a punch potentially um but you know I guess we'll see what happens after the nodes shift um, in July.
0: But, yeah, it's kind of setting us up for it.
1: Yeah, kind of a setup here. Um, but also, I mean, looking forward to next week, you know, I we were just talking earlier today, too, about how there's, like, such an auspicious start to next week. It's probably, like, honestly, probably the best day of the month, technically. Um, we have a Jupiter Kazemi. Coming up on, I think the eleventh of uh, of the month. Um, do you want? I know we talked about Kazimis on the show before. Do you want to maybe explain, like, just you know, go over it very quickly, like what a Jupiter Kazimi is, um, and like what we can expect, maybe.
0: Yeah. So a Kazemi, for those who don't uh, know already, is any time the sun has a conjunction or is within a close range or orb of another planet. Um, so up on the 10th, 11th, we're going to be having a Jupiter Kazemi. So the sun and Jupiter are going to be, you know, hugging it out a little bit. And what this (laughs) does is Jupiter specifically, it's going to be expanding and shedding light on the area of your life where Aries falls in your chart. So, um, if it's in your, um, fourth house, you can expect themes of family expanding, or maybe like having a really great. Day with your family or if it's in the 10th house you may see some career growth or some recognition for you doing something great in your career
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. we love that Jupiter is also you know the planet of like confidence Um, so where you might underestimate yourself in your chart so it's also like a really good opportunity for you to kind of get that reinvigorated sense of confidence in you know maybe going after these opportunities you know Aries is sort of the sign of the pioneer so definitely um some really potential good mojo for going after what you want um but also we've got something else happening on the 11th this one's also more I feel like specific to not specific to you but you know you're so Gemini oriented I feel like anytime a sign moves a planet moves into Gemini it's like Emma, on to you. How do we feel about this?
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, it just means my um, Venus return is coming up. So that's always a good time. And a Venus return, for those of you who don't know, is just every planet has a return. And it's when it makes its way around the zodiac sign and the natal chart and then hits the exact point that it was when you were born. So, um, yes, I like to do something to kind of pamper myself on those days. So. I don't know, maybe a, maybe some acupuncture is in my future.
1: Ooh, I mean, that, first of all, that's like such a very, I think, Venus Taurus moving into Venus and Gemini type of um, vibe, if you will, you know, like you're still with the body, but then you're like interested in something totally maybe different, something exciting. Um, yeah, I feel like for people, you know, what to expect in general, you know, Venus moving into Gemini, Venus is now in an air sign, so like i would anticipate like you know fun conversations livelier um socializing lots
0: of, flirtation.
1: lots of flirtation it's also spring and i think people are you know coming out of their houses a little more so it's like very um it coincides just so perfectly right with this ingress venus moving into gemini the sign of conversation socialization all that good stuff um But obviously speaking (laughs) of very, very fun socializing conversations, Um, I want to start off this week with obviously Girls Trip. We both just watched it this a.m. Um, First, personally, I would love to see more of Giselle and Portia. Like I think them two together, we didn't talk about them last week explicitly, but I think there's just such amazing like comedic narration. They really kind of create the drama, move the drama along and like in such an effortless way. I mean, both of them clearly like, you know, are OGs for a reason. Um but what do you make of their synastry together?
0: Yeah, well, first of all, I love Portia. And I'm kind of over Giselle totally and coming Mm. straight off of a season of Potomac um, where she just kind of rubbed me the wrong way and put me in a bad mental space with her. Like she's not redeeming herself here. I'm not really liking what she's bringing. Um, Mm. Yeah. The whole, the case of the missing Casa Azul, making Mm. poor Pepsi cry, like, Giselle no 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 um
1: he ha- was gonna cry though because he has his Mars in Pisces so I feel like he's a sensitive
0: soul I know I <laughs> could have been crying from happiness
1: yeah not really happy times <laughs> with Giselle with the crew really I won't want to even say Giselle I just feel like the whole crew arguing is like a lot
0: yeah, it's overwhelming him. But speaking of Mars and Portia and Giselle, so I, what I found interesting about their synastry is they both have Mercury-ruled Marses. Um First of all, both Mercury and Mars have the reputation of being a bit mischievous. And I think we see this with both of them. Um, (laughs) They're also kind of like playing off of each other. So Giselle's Mars is in Virgo. Porsches is in Gemini. They're going to have similar motivations, but they're going to go about them in very different ways. So like we can see Porsches a little more playful. Um, She's coming at it with like the shade aspect um whereas Mm -hmm. Giselle is very direct she also seems to be kind of like holding court which again we see with the case of the missing Casa Azul
1: oh my god the one Casa Azul bot.
0: it's like kind of I
1: think it's a little absurd at how Giselle is like really ruminating on this a little bit um is there anywhere we might like potentially see that in her chart even i feel like she's so virgo and like she like has to make sure she like things are in order things are in a certain way you know what i mean she does have like that virgo stellium like mars sun mercury pluto south node even so her south node and virgo i think is like so so deeply entrenched um like the shadow side of it like needing to always be in control of a situation and now she clearly has like no control because the casa azul is gone
0: <laughs> yeah she's freaking out it's giving kenya interrogating everyone about the bachelorette party uh, oh, it's just reference. too much it's too much i yeah. don't know what else did you what did you see like what stuck out to you in their charts
1: yeah, what I,
0: you know, it's it's so funny,
1: right? Because I was talking to some friends about this and, you know, one of them was like, are they just being like really mean or like, what is their deal? And I'm like, I think they're just kind of being like clicky girls, you know what I mean? Um, And not in a bad way or good way. You know, Portia has like her Mercury and Sun in Cancer, I believe, and also Venus in Cancer. So like, you know, Cancer energy, water energy, you can definitely get the sense of... of clickiness um just because you're like trying to feel safe in established bonds like whether that's intentional or not is a totally different story but that mercury and sun and cancer um that portia has actually trines so you know a very lovely energetic flow into giselle's venus and jupiter in scorpio um so you can kind of see how you know they're on the same side or like there's a certain kind of unspoken loyalty like i don't know like it it kind of i understand why they would click together but i do see a lot of other aspects in the chart that would actually indicate more friction than actual friend um so it is a tremendous growth opportunity for both i just don't necessarily know how deep this relationship can truly get
0: yeah to me it seems more like a friendship of convenience um, mm-hmm. especially when we look back at those Marses, like finding someone with a similar motivation and goals to you, linking up with them for a common cause, um, more than an actual friendship, which again kind of like speaks to also like that water trine, the clickiness that um mm-hmm. cancer activating Giselle's Scorpio placements. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you took this them out of this setting. If they were on an actual show together, they would not be on the same team. Mm. In my opinion. Unless it's yeah. seen them in the moment.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That that would make sense, I think.
0: Yeah, it like it would be really interesting to see them in a different in a different space. Because mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, Giselle could really be triggering some wounds in Portia or kind of like bringing her back to a space mm-hmm. that maybe yeah. he's grown out of or beyond um mm.
1: very interesting very interesting I mean Uranus opposing Saturn right like because Portia's Uranus is also then um opposing Giselle's Saturn so Portia's sense of individuality meeting Giselle's semblance of what's right or wrong or like social standards and then like how do those two really uh jive how do those two really gel and as you said if you took them out of a out of this environment i don't know how that relationship holds up in that capacity
0: yeah yeah what about portia leah because those are two that i don't i don't see them getting uh, yeah what do you think about that
1: (sighs) oh my god um I, we, we talked about, like, I don't know if I'm feeling Leah this season. Um, I will say that I do think, like, Leah has, what, her, like, south node in Capricorn, I believe. Yeah, that's right. She has her south node in Capricorn. And when I see that placement, you know, there's always, like, um, an internalized sense of like quiet suffering and also like the ability to seemingly endure shit until like you can't endure it anymore and then you kind of like have a big type of meltdown um what's interesting for leia is that um portia's venus in cancer is kind of like actually opposing that south node so When there is like an opposition like this, there can be a sense of longing, potentially feeling like she wants she it's almost like Lydia sees Portia being like comfortable in her skin and like wanting to be a part of that girl group being accepted into like that little clique in some way that I can see kind of like creating this meltdown or compounding this meltdown. Um, And then, you know, now you pull Candace into the situation even, and Candace has her Mars and um, Jupiter in Pisces, you know, so very compassionate. And maybe even, you know, Mars can be very like fighting on behalf of someone um, that can't fight for themselves. And so I can definitely see Candace like taking on that role. Um,
0: yeah so i i find candace's responses in a group setting to be really Mm -hmm. interesting and i think even uh, one of the miami ladies was like when i'm with candace having marisol yeah she's like i enjoy her one-on-one but bring her into a group and it's like she goes crazy um Mm -hmm. And throws these tantrums. And I was like, okay, interesting. And from a human design standpoint, I'm like, I'm wondering if she has an open solar plexus. So in human design, Mm. like we've got nine centers that are based off of the chakras. And so- 50% 50 of the population has a defined emotional center, their solar plexus. And what this means is that 50% of the population has consistent and strong emotions. They should also make decisions with their emotions, which we'll get into that another day. Um, But on the other hand, 50% of the population has an undefined solar plexus, and undefined centers amplify the energy of others who have that center defined. So all this to say, when Candace gets put into an environment, when she's around people with defined solar plexuses, she literally does not know how to process all that emotion. She amplifies it and she blows up. Um, so it's like a very unhealthy way of processing mm. this energy that she's put around so i thought that was really interesting especially since i pulled up leah's chart and she has a defined solar plexus so like she mm. Candace is just amplifying what leah feels and i think this is kind of why she's standing up for leah when leah's mm-hmm. not necessarily speaking loudly for herself
1: very interesting very interesting also it just made me think um because Candace is also a Sag son, right? She's a Sagittarius. Um, Sagittarius, you know, is ruled by Jupiter. And again, going back to Candace's, like, Jupiter and Pisces, you know, like, amplifying the voices of maybe people like don't who don't feel like comfortable speaking because candace obviously has like her placements lend itself to like very very um articulate and strong wordplay um especially with her gemini moon and you know sag sun with like your morality your sense of what's right or wrong um your internal moral compass and then you know with your scorpio rising it's just kind of like I just need this intensity. Like, if I'm really feeling it, it's going to come out in a very intense manner. And she also has, like, Pluto in Scorpio, I think, too. Um, and Venus in Scorpio, I believe. So that is, like, a a double whammy, like, of loyalty. If she's, like, if she's established some sense of loyalty to you, too, she's going to ride really hard.
0: Yeah, and actually, Leah's Mars is right on that um, Pluto-Venus conjunction oh is it yeah trining trining candace's mars conjunct jupiter in pisces
1: wow yeah there is a natural flow defo that exists between Between candace
0: yeah yeah
1: yeah very interesting
0: yeah another thing that was interesting from a human design standpoint is like towards the end of the episode when Candice goes to check on Leah and she's like, you're actually lucky because you've got some time to like retreat and get away from everyone for a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, in Candice's human design profile, which is like two numbers and it represents like a role that we play as we move through life. Her unconscious line is a two. And that basically mm-hmm. is like the energy of a hermit. I also have this as my unconscious line. So it's like, we need to get away from people. It's like, it's not so much being an introvert, but it's needing like t- to like retreat and be in your own energy and decompress and process like away from everyone else. Mm-hmm. And I think you see Candace do that a lot. Like she knows she needs to get away.
1: Yeah. So,
0: that's great that she like recognizes that in herself.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: I mean, honestly, like, you know, she,
1: we don't have her time, obviously. We just know like that she's a Scorpio rising. Um, So depending on like where, that ascendant degree starts her pluto could really even be in that 12th house um in scorpio and as someone that also has you know her pluto in her 12th house that alone time is so necessary like fundamentally everyone this is like psa if you have placements in your 12th house there is sort of a call to incorporate that sense of alone time in your day-to-day because the 12th house is a very piscean house it's a very um, sensitive house and you know how do you deal with sensitivities how do you detect when energy doesn't originate in you um you kind of really do have to isolate because of that heightened sensitivity and especially with candace and her water placements um leah with her scorpio placements you know anytime you have like even significant water placements i think it just makes sense to like Isolate, otherwise you are going to defo get swept up in the current of your own emotions or other people's emotions and not even realizing it. Yeah. Yeah, but (laughs) the only really one thing, there is no astrologic, there was no astrological comment on this, but there was just one giant, I don't understand Leah's choice of not wearing underwear post-diarrhea, mid-period, in, like, a very hot tropical climate.
0: All I could think is that, like, with all those things going on down there, she needed easy access if, like, she needed to get to a bathroom. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, my God. That's so, that's so funny. I mean, obviously, like, Leah had her, you know, she overheated. And you and I talked about this before the show. Like, we've had these moments where we've overheated in public. um, But it was never really, like, an embarrassing moment. It was just, I overheated. Get me water. Like something's like i just i'm looking to just make it through these next few minutes um but it's interesting obviously she you know she has um mercury in virgo and i think it's like at 29 degrees right like it's a very very late degree so that sense of control and not feeling like she's in control is so challenging and i can totally and i can see that like play out in this situation where she's like just get me out of here i just need to go like i just need to remove myself um yeah very interesting actually one last oh my god candace and leah actually have like really fascinating synastry like the longer i look at their chart i'm like oh my god because like i just noticed candace's south node in libra actually is conjunct leah's um saturn Mm. in libra um i wonder like again i wonder who i wonder if like Leah was maybe even like an elder to Candace before maybe like superimpo like superimposing some element of scarcity onto Candace fear into Candace and I do wonder right in some way right now like this you know the way that Leah and Candace are together separate from like the rest of the group it just feels like there's like a fear stoking between the both of them. Like Leah's the one that brought up, like she didn't tag us or I, I don't remember who brought it up. But Leah keeps making this a thing also. I mean, Candace makes this a thing too, but it just seems very petty. Um, yeah. What's happened.
0: Yeah. Well, again, it seems like Leah's bringing things up, like coming from her emotional space and then like Candace is amplifying it. hmm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Very interesting. I would love to see them on Watch What Happens Live together as a duo. Like that, that would be awesome. actually very that would be very interesting. Um, but you know, speaking of watch what happens live, obviously this week we did have Marisol on with Dolores, um, which you know obviously means we'll be talking about Jersey in a second. Um
0: I didn't see the whole episode mm-hmm. yet, but of course I saw clips of Dolores talking about taking Ozebe because weight loss and I, here's the thing. It's like, okay, do I like that all these women are taking something to make mm-hmm. them feel better about themselves like that? And especially if there's a shortage of this medicine and people actually need it. No, I do not like or condone this. However, mm-hmm. the way that both Jen Fessler and mm. have just come forward and said, yes, I did do that. That is why I have had this extreme weight loss and it wasn't in the way that- um, Gigi from Shaws of Sunset did it where she's like really pushing this out as like other people should be doing this and blah 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 like the way that Gigi talked about it I don't think was um
1: it rubbed you the wrong way
0: it did it wasn't yeah mm-hmm. not not great role model material in the way that mm-hmm. she portrayed that but these women kind of just like stepping up and to the plate and saying yes I did it. Just period. Um, I really respect because then on the other hand, we have people um, either claiming they didn't take it like Kyle and maybe she didn't. I mean, who am I to say? I don't know. Um, Mm -hmm. But you also have people like Melissa Gorga taking years and years to admit you had a nose job. And it's like, Mm. when you're out in the public changing things about yourself, it's like a responsibility of transparency um literally your face is changing in front of us like yeah I don't know quite literally exactly (laughs) quite literally
1: um it was very interesting because both you know like Dolores and Jen are both from the Pluto and Virgo generation a lot of people are I mean it's a generational placement so it's not a very individual specific thing but you know there is sort of um an understanding like your soul also maybe deliberately chose this Pluto and Virgo placement and like with Pluto and Virgo, there's such a big thing about self love um, and shame around a lack of perfectionism um, that can really, really rear its ugly head. And so I do wonder um, about what these ladies rising signs are Um I also even wonder if Dolores might be a Virgo rising and having that Pluto in that first house, you know, we've seen her go through, um, she's always been very open about her plastic surgery and like work that she has done. And there's almost like a pride in it, in a way she communicates. And maybe that's a very cap way of approaching things, you know, very matter of fact, yeah, I did it. So what, this is what I wanted to do. I'm chill with it. If you're not, then that's on you. Um, And it's, like, very funny, like, they just don't really want to ask questions, but they'll be happy to answer if you ask, really. And they kind of alluded to it on the show, I think, uh, Dolores and Marisol, like, yeah, we're caps, like, we don't really ask questions, but we'll, like, you know, but if you ask us something, we'll tell you, but we're not going to, like, just offer up information otherwise.
0: Hmm. All right, well, we talked about one Dolores and Jen, Jen Fessler, but... We have to get into Dolores and Jennifer Aiden.
1: Mm, yes, yes, yes. Anything that strikes out at you in looking at their synastry?
0: Yeah. Well, okay. So both of them have fixed Saturns. Like when... Natural squares. <laughs> yeah. Like um. when I think about like stubbornness in a person i'll look to where their moon is i'll look to where their mars is their venus um also Saturn, like where are their boundaries? Where are they holding strong on things? And with both of them in fixed signs, fixed signs are like stubborn. They're not changing. It's like they're fixed in their ways. So I think we just like really see this with the two of them, because even when they have these times of like, quote unquote, truce, uh, it's not going to last long. They are not going to give in to the other. Yeah.
1: Mm. That makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. There's always going to be tension around whose sense of right is right.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly, exactly. Very interesting. I mean, look, they've got some. They've got some, some activation points. I'll put it like that. Like I, I mean, first off, you already have like Jen Aiden's Pluto on top of dolores's uranus like in of itself i feel like that is such a those are two very very big planets those are two very very um sort of like deep underlying like individual out like um trigger points if you will like i think Jen Aiden's pluto is gonna allow like dolores to like make more of these stances like i don't have to maintain this friendship with you if you don't like adhere to certain things, um, certain even shame things that might get triggered. Pluto, whenever like there's a Pluto activation, whether it's like from someone else or if you're going through a Pluto period, it oftentimes like really brings up any point of hurt. um, And I think like they were they talked about it. Right. Like ultimately, like Jen, like Dolores just felt hurt that Jen would just go off to other people and talk about it as opposed to like bringing this to her um, directly and having a more upfront conversation about it and dolores didn't want to like stoop to that level so she kind of just like cut it off right at that moment in time um but also i mean there's a lot of like mars like dolores has mars and venus in scorpio natally. i think that's a very interesting and potentially like a challenging placement like there's like a magnetism but there's also like friction in your relationships um around the ways you like do things like and it's also in a fixed sign you know we talked about their Saturn's being in fix and Scorpio's another fixed sign so there's a particular way of relating to people that Dolores you know acquiesces to and maybe she might be even subjected with that Mars to like antagonization around senses of loyalty and things like that and Jens Uranus happens to be conjunct um Dolores Mars so that's also like a an activation like trigger point for her sense of will or vitality or aggression if you will
0: right and those um those placements of dolores in scorpio are opposing jennifer's mercury and taurus so like Mm. activating these fights between them Again, in these fixed signs.
1: Yes, Lots not easy to get energy. over.
0: Yeah, it's kind of even surprising that they have these times of peace. I'm not really sure. Oh, except, you know, um, Jen's Venus mm-hmm. and potentially Moon, depending on what time she was born, are conjunct Dolores's Chiron. Um mm so that could be like them trying to get through them trying to get along but then again it's like both of these placements are in Aries so it's like the mm-hmm. it's individual so yeah I don't really know like what's causing them to even be friends to begin with like,
1: <laughs> yeah I mean love
0: of changing their bodies
1: the love of changing that's really funny I mean oh you know you mentioned like that Venus in Aries um that's like a natural square to Dolores's like Mercury and Sun and Capricorn that ve that uh, Jen's Venus so like how Jen asserts herself, how Jen relates to other people, like the loudness the the fun aspects of Aries too, um which is why you see Jen like actually have the most fun at all these like summer parties um but that squares you know that very Capricornian um sense of I think maturity or like steadfastness. Um it is it is very interesting because I can see where Capricorn might, you know, lend itself to some like Aries type of energetics. Like I can see them potentially having fun together, but it is very maybe surface level. Like they have to actually work at their intimacy together. Um and there are enough trigger points in here to do it. That's for damn sure.
0: <laughs> yeah actually I feel like be- because of like the Venus Chiron and maybe just mm-hmm. like a bunch of other things okay so I don't I don't remember if we've mentioned this before but um Jen Aiden has her Venus is retrograde and like generally mm-hmm. when Venus is retrograde you have a harder time mm. maybe loving yourself um valuing yourself Uh, Mm. again in Aries like it's applied to you as the individual as a person yeah so between that for Jen and also Jen's son kind of conjunct Chiron but her son's in Aries her Chiron's in Taurus Taurus is like Mm -hmm. our body with Chiron there it's a wound with our body how we look how we feel in it her Mercury is also there. Um, so she like I'm mm. thinking about her body. Then when we look over at Dolores, like as you mentioned, the the Mars, Venus and her Jupiter all in Scorpio kind of like again that struggle you know with yourself in a different way but then kind of that mars in scorpio mm-hmm. is in opposition for dolores to her saturn and taurus so again like how you how you see your body and then changing your body
1: Hmm. Hmm.
0: so yeah i think that's and in- i think that that's interesting i feel like that's where they kind of relate
1: yeah yeah. And I mean, I think Dolores even said, right, look, would have been a better like confidant or support system if Jen had been more clear. And I think that that speaks very much to even that Venus retrograde um, that you mentioned. You know what I mean? Because like a, a Venus retrograde is such an internal Venus. And yes, in Aries, it can be about even like how you look and the self-confidence. But there's a way of relating to people that does get lost in translation um because it is retrograde not to say it's like dysfunctional or anything it's just it's a way of thinking that you understand that other people might not be privy to and in in venus you know it's so much about relating to other people in this case i can understand where things get lost in translation um and on top of that you know jen's jupiter in gemini right i think she has jupiter Mm -hmm. in gemini if i'm not mistaken it's also opposing um dolores's neptune in sag um so I feel like in some way, like I don't know if Dolores feels like she can trust a lot of what Jen is saying. Um, because Jen runs her mouth. Right. Ultimately. Um so yeah, I mean, like once there's clarity, then I think Dolores is like, you know, guards down and let's like have a proper conversation. But before that up until then, it's just always gonna be like, let's just keep this at arm's length a little bit.
0: hmm Yeah, totally yeah very okay this is like a little bit of a left turn but what are your thoughts on that coffee reader oh okay i was actually gonna ask you the same thing because obviously like obviously
1: based on the word choices and like jen's you know affiliation with the coffee reader i think it like i found it hilarious but i also didn't appreciate that from like an integrity perspective around reading you know what i mean
0: Yes, because I completely i like I believe that there are people who have the ability to read the coffee grinds or whatever, mm-hmm. your, you know, intuitive gifts are method of mm-hmm. communication with something else. yeah, gifts. Um, so I don't even doubt that this woman has bad abilities, but the fact that she comes on TV and like uses messages that were kind of pre-informed and manipulated uh clearly mm-hmm. and pointedly, mm-hmm. that was just it put a bad in my mouth. I didn't like it. Yeah. And like, you know, we
1: were sensitive to this too, right? Like it's it's this Pluto in Aquarius era. Like, you know, I don't know if people who are listening like you've been maybe even approached by like a fake reader or like fake accounts on Instagram trying to pretend to be other astrologers like grand rising like do you want me to read you like I have an important message for you like there's so much of this energy going on right now that I think I love when housewives feature spirituality I think it's like such a lovely avenue um for integration into the mainstream I just when things like this happen it's it diminishes the integrity of the work that's being done. And there's actually some beautiful soul healing work that's being done. And I think you do see it like, you know, Miami had a great season with a bunch of like shamans and like really, really, you know, authentic moments. This was just, this just felt like a caricature.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I, I know one of the, I don't remember if it was in New York or New Jersey, but someone had a coffee reader on previously and it was just a very New different York experience. Dorinda had the coffee reader, right? Okay, then yeah, that was it.
1: Um, yeah, I think so. I think so. And both, and she, and I, and she seemed great. Like everyone's great. Otherwise, I think anyone you generally bring on the show has been pretty solid. Um, oh, except for, for um,
0: that dinner party from hell in Beverly Hills with, uh, the, oh, oh, with Alex oh. And the oh. Medium. I mean, uh, would
1: we? say i mean that was iconic that was just so so good yeah. he will never emotionally fulfill you oh <laughs> uh, allison dubois i mean oh I right ho- even the name even the name even the name i mean i hope that you know with camille filming on housewives this season i won like i'm like oh my god i would love a
0: repeat <laughs> uh so all these no, years later they're not friends anymore Oh, they're not? No, that ruined their friendship. Uh, Allison Dubois thought that Camille set her up.
1: Oh, wow. I did not know that. I mean, very interesting. Very interesting. Thank you for that tea. Speaking of, you know, now that you've mentioned failed or like a broken up relationship, uh, Allison and Camille sad. you know, turning our fate, turning our attention over to Summer House, um the demise of this Lindsay and Danielle friendship. How do you feel
0: about Danielle
1: at this moment in time?
0: Yeah. It's like, I, I get where she's coming from, but at a certain point mm-hmm. you need to stop expressing yourself. Like you've stated your opinion, especially when it comes to someone else's relationship. Like you, you can't, change how someone's going to feel about someone else and feelings are like the strongest thing we have basically so especially someone mm. like Lindsay who's driven by her emotions um mm-hmm. so yeah I I agree with what Sam said in her mm. interview. just yeah like this woman's voice of reading the man that she loves who are you to say anything about that <laughs>
1: hmm hmm yeah I mean
0: Look, I I feel like, you know, you and I
1: have talked about this. I feel like sometimes earth placements with air placements, like for me, it's hard to make headway with. But what I did notice that was very interesting that also like contributes to I think this sense of um meddling. Not meddling. I don't want to even say meddling, but I guess maybe meddling as a word choice for now. Danielle also has like her south node in Virgo. Um you know, which is ruled by her mercury and cap. So like for her, it's like her way is the right way. And like how mm-hmm. she's approaching her relationship, how she's approaching her life. Or like there are just these elements of like I know best. Um so right. I'm gonna I'm gonna be very up direct about it and like hard about it. And I'm gonna come on you hard. I mean that is so mercury in cap of her to embody almost. Um I <sighs> i feel badly because obviously danielle seems to be projecting a little bit um her relationship with rob and the way she's even talking about her relationship like to other people in that group setting like yeah like we don't really see each other yeah like all this stuff and she you know she has she's a cap sun she's a mercury cap she's a Taurus rising like these Earth placements are, like, ready, willing, able to maintain a relationship for as long as you need. And even that, you know, Mercury in Cap ruling over her South Node in Virgo, like, she's going to see a relationship out for as long as possible. But what I think is fascinating, too, is that with that Cap Sun, you know, kind of answering to Saturn in Cap, but she's also part of that Saturn in Cap generation... There can be a tendency maybe to get caught up in the past. Like Saturn is so much about traditions, um, the way things are, the way how things are supposed to be based on like a former understanding, an established understanding. And she has Jupiter and Taurus as well, which actually is very interesting. She's going to go through her Jupiter return soon. um, But, you know, with all these like Earth and Saturnian, like all these things so rooted, It's hard. It's going to be hard for her to actually, like, identify when change is happening. And there's almost, like, a freak out when everything is changing too quickly. As she can see with the nature of her relationships with Robert, as she can kind of see with her relationships with Lindsay, like, her very, very close relationships, right?
0: Yeah. Um, Because I was like, what is really the problem here? Like, between the mm -hmm. two of them, like, what is this argument even about? And I feel like what it, it comes down to is Danielle feels left out of the three musketeers it's like they were a threesome now it's a twosome mm-hmm. one, is outsome, and- <laughs> one
1: is out some
0: <laughs> <laughs> and danielle has Chiron and cancer like a family wound these this was her friend family mm-hmm. like they were mm-hmm. all really tight um mm-hmm. so now her being kicked out of this mm. it's like triggering for her it's like triggering her in that way yeah. um yeah Absolutely. But also speaking to what I th- was this also what Sam said I just like 100% agreed with my fellow Gemini friend but yeah, uh, yeah. if your relationship is built on partying and you're not mm. able to pivot to a different kind of fun or connection then like what kind of a friendship really is that and Danielle's Venus so her values her fun her like what she enjoys things like that is in Sagittarius like this party go out there like be social travel see things do things experience things um is on Lindsay's Mm -hmm. saturn so it's like Lindsay has that Mm -hmm. in her but she needs boundaries around that and here danielle's like let's party like why aren't you coming to montauk with me what's wrong with you you want to stay home and be with the person you love like and i think also like it's triggering in her like you said that like that's not the case with robert um yeah Yeah, Yeah, especially like she wants to get that home. She wants to set up roots, that Chiron in Cancer. She wants that family, that safety, that security. Um, And now like in all of these areas of her life, it's kind of being taken away from her.
1: Mm, Very interesting. I mean, she does have a Gemini moon, you know, and I think that, you know, Gemini moons are definitely like they're always down for a good time. It's like a very social sign, right? Ultimately, like wanting to relate to other people and like vibe off that energy um you know we talked also maybe about like Capricorns having like this element of hedonism in them as sort of like a balance as like an outlet to um as an outlet for their grind and you know she is like working on her app she is busy on her relationship she's like looking for these moments of release and she's not really getting them and she wants to get them with her friends and it's not happening for her and I think you might have even said this or I forget who said this, but if Danielle like honestly had a real conversation with Lindsay about the realities of what was happening, I feel like maybe there would have been a different understanding. But instead, there is like almost like a like a lack of understanding on Danielle's end of what's happening. Right. She just knows that things are changing, but she doesn't understand why. Um, and you really see that in the transits that took place on July 30th I mean god bless summer house for the surveillance type of date um <laughs> providence because for transit work especially for last summer it was kind of a big one I mean you had that Saturn in Aquarius to the north node you Uran- like do you remember that like Mars Uranus and the north node all were in Taurus in July and that was squaring Saturn and for Danielle like that was happening in her 10th house and her first house you know what I mean so like she's a Taurus rising, so like Mars, Uranus, North Node, there was going to be an opportunity for her to exert herself individually, breaking away from the quote-unquote herd and how she finds joy. And she might feel like she's an outsider or might feelings of being like alone or isolated, which can be reflected in that Saturn square. Um, But I thought that was such a very loud transit hitting and activating her chart as we see all of this happening and even at that point you even see Venus moving through her Chiron um so that wound's getting triggered also her one-on-one relationships and on top of that this Jupiter Chiron situation that we've been dealing with for a long time that obviously now is like conjunct in the ether that was hitting her Mars and Aries as well
0: Yeah. Oh, another thing, like speaking of the Chirons is uh, Lindsay said, she was like, what do you not feel like I'm capable of making adult decisions Mm. for myself? And Lindsay's Chirons in Gemini. So like that Mm. around, like not being able to think for yourself or do the right thing or make the right decision, or like you, you're not good enough the way you think and process information, especially with someone as with as strong Capricorn, um, you know, like, kind of takeover tendencies like Danielle has.
1: hmm hmm Yeah. Very, very interesting. Also, it was very, very peculiar. Not peculiar. I mean, we'll probably get into this, like, another episode. But the way, like, everyone was like, Danielle, you just seem to be, like, this whole new person. Like, you can shine. Like, you are not under Lindsay's rule or thumb. It's very interesting because, obviously, at that point in time, the South Node was also hitting her like going or like had gone or is approaching her pluto in scorpio um in like her seventh house which is like you know your one-on-one relationships who you establish trust in your best friends even um and Lindsay does have a scorpio moon so when the south node kind of goes through everywhere and spiritual sonia said this before like it's like a vacuum cleaner sucking out like toxicity through your life especially in the sign of scorpio so, you know, a version of this relationship, I don't know if it meant like they could never be friends, but this version of this friendship had to come to a conclusion. Ultimately, mm. her and Danielle, I mean, sorry, her and Lindsay, Um, so that they could both go on their journey, their respective journeys and be more in alignment with who they're supposed to be.
0: Yeah. Ultimately. I don't know. I mean, like, clearly I'm not in their friendship group, but to me, it never seems like Lindsay (laughs) dulled, like, clearly, clearly I'm not in their friendship group. Um, But it never seemed to me like Lindsay was dulling Danielle's shine. Mm -hmm. It really felt like the two of them played off of each other and they both had, like, I mean, with the exception of Carl, it's not like they were going after the same guys. Like, they really supported each other. So I don't see what the other girls see, but I know that like those, that younger generation in the house was always kind of like, there were
1: sides drawn. Yeah, exactly. exactly. As Sierra said, as Sierra acknowledged.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Sierra's facial reactions to Corey at dinner were so priceless.
1: Oh my God. Her face was that all was...
0: over the place.
1: I, You know what's so funny? I didn't even think she was like that into Corey. So, like, that whole thing was, like, really amusing and, like, kind of surprising all at once.
0: (laughs) I don't think she is that into Corey, but I think she's in a space where she feels so good about who she is and strong Mm. and, like, strong in her identity that the fact that this person didn't recognize that in her and choose her over this person who's still maybe a little bit of a mess still hasn't necessarily found themselves totally. Mm. Yeah. I feel like she was like, excuse me, you're choosing that over me. Um, mm.
1: Very interesting. Yeah.
0: I but mean, not in a way against Sam, like it had nothing to do with Sam and everything to do with like where she was in her head about herself in my eyes. Mm, mm
1: very interesting yeah and obviously like the irony is like you know this week we did find out that like sam and Corey um are actually dating after filming summer house so um i thought i mean first of all like I, i guess i thought that was really interesting that we found this news out um this week of all weeks you know right during this full moon in libra uh situation um she like Sam is a Gemini rising, so that would make you know Libra and Aries by whole sign in her fifth and eleventh houses, respectfully. Um, not respectfully, respectively, but respectfully to Sam. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so like, do you maybe want to like touch on? Because we talked a lot about like we've seen a bunch of stuff go down. You know, in, like this tenth house news, eleventh house stuff. Do you want to like maybe talk about how like that lunation's affecting? Um, what we see in her chart
0: yeah so um alert teachable moment so (laughs) basically when you're looking at a natal chart you're looking at a circle and it's cut into 12 different slices each slice representing a house but when we think about houses one through six They're generally when transits happen here or even placements in your natal chart themselves, what's going on here? It's a bit more personal. It's a bit more inward facing. So if we take a look at kind of the bottom most point in your chart, it's the fourth house, which is like represents like home, roots, ancestry, kind of like this foundation of you as a person. Whereas we look at the houses seven through 12, they're more public facing houses. So here you see these Transits playing out or these placements playing out in a more public way, with the tenth house or like the the midheaven um, being the culmination, the most public facing point. So, for example, when we like we heard the news of Eva's divorce recently, that was happening in her tenth house. That's like one of the you know top most most public facing houses in her chart, and we said that what happens moving forward may not be so public because. Right now, the sun was transiting through her 10th house, shining light into that area. Um, So moving forward, the sun is going to keep moving through the zodiac sign, not being in a public facing house. So that's kind of what we were referring to last week with that. And again, here when we speak about um, Sam and Corey and this happening in her 11th house.
1: Yes. Also, fun fact, fifth house is. Um, also you know the house of romance um
0: so it's really cute that yeah
1: so it's really cute that you know on this full moon in libra this um release or like you know exposition of a relationship we get news on her love life uh so really really fun things to see but oh my gosh okay you can't escape vpr stuff like i feel like every week for the past month forever how long there's just always been something coming up and you know we've tried we've stayed away from like a bunch of other stuff i feel like there's so much really good coverage on it um but we couldn't i mean i couldn't resist this week honestly that schwartz watch what happens live last night was one of the most chaotic full moon uh interviews i've ever seen on reality tv and Tom Schwartz is a Libra sun and Libra moon. So there you go. Like yeah, that is happening what on the day Ugh.
0: of the full moon. Oh, oh my gosh. chaos! Just I mean, I know near you can't... hours before the full moon
1: is exact. Oh my gosh. I mean, it came to play. It came to play for sure. Like no words were kept straight. I think Andy was like, what is this word salad? Even, um, shorts even came with like hand wrist weights yes what was
0: that what was happening there
1: oh like um so apparently i didn't know this there's like a drinking game out there that basically counts how many times shorts touches his face so he (laughs) had the weights on as a means of avoiding it but of course you know there were so many cringe moments like he couldn't help himself oh my God, I wonder if Schwartz is a Gemini rising, like all the hand movements and stuff, which is hilarious. But what I did want to say, oh my God, like he really dropped some tea, but the tea that he dropped was so astrologically timed because, God, this scandal, this Rachel and Tom situation has been effectively like such a Mars and Gemini story. Like you thought we... We're done with that. You know, we're now in Mars and Cancer. We're all in our feels. No, no. Mars and Gemini is still rearing its ugly head. Apparently, Schwartz found out in late August that they had hooked up for the first time or like a one-night stand, which, you know, Mars coincidentally moved into Gemini August 20th at the end of August. Um, And then through the fall, which was peak retrograde, Mars retrograde, There was all this uncertainty until Jan, which is when apparently Sandoval came to Schwartz to tell him he was in love with Rachel Raquel. And that was when Mars went direct in Gemini, Jan 12th. So, like, it's very interesting because as a Virgo rising also, Schwartz was saying this was an open secret. Sandoval having a Virgo rising, this Mars and Gemini action was squaring his his identity from that 10th house. You know, we just talked about how the 10th house was like a very public-facing house. Um, We would hear news about it. So the fact that this was like an open secret and this being a 10th house square is so fascinating. And it makes so much sense, honestly. Um, And the last sort of astrological like similarity was, I think Schwartz had said that Raquel is Tom's heroine, which... (laughs) not you know not the best choice of words sitting next to someone who is also like who was you know sober um we talked about Sandoval having like that fifth house hedonism quality um you know with his south node being there potentially um it's like an indulgences in like you know a good time drugs alcohol things like that so for sure to even say this about this just feels like so spot on with like what we've been talking about um, as it relates to this like scandal, really. But
0: scandal it just scandal. keeps on giving
1: and giving. It just keeps on giving and giving. Um really the last thing I did want to say was, well, actually one, obviously you saw Ariana's uh revenge dress. Um hmm. what did you think of the dress?
0: Yeah, she looked good. Good for her. I don't know. I good like her. I have no idea what's going on with these people. If you put them in a lineup, I couldn't point out who was who. <laughs>
1: oh my gosh you're so funny i love this
0: um okay so i'll just like keep
1: this very quickly i think i forget it was like all these memes online obviously are like oh revenge dress and you're putting them side by side with princess diana's revenge dress is like you know the most um iconic uh revenge dress of all time and i was like oh i wonder if there are like some similarities between these women and um Apparently, oh my gosh, they are both Cancer women, Cancer sons. Uh, Ariana has a Aquarius rising and Diana has an Aquarius moon. And Ariana has a Virgo moon and Diana has her Mars in Virgo. So all I'm saying is if you happen to have Aquarius, Virgo and Cancer in some, you know, explicit capacity in your chart, you are more likely going to be part of this revenge dress crew dynamic. Which, you know, love that for myself. Um, But anyway, I think that is all we have for this week. If you're looking for more info, as always, don't forget to follow us at the Cosmic Clubhouse. And, you know, in case you're looking for midweek Bravo Astrology pop culture content.
0: Yes. And go ahead and click subscribe wherever you're listening to this podcast. And please read us and leave us a review. We would love to hear your feedback. Until yes. next week.
1: See you next week. Bye.